For this, our 10th season, we will focus on telling true stories about the men and women we have come to know over 28 years of recovery. Each episode will tell the story of what life was like as an addicted or alcoholic person, what happened to wake that person up, and what is life like today. Not all stories are ones of success. Some of our friends didn't make it as they relapsed and so far have not come in from the cold. Some died in circumstances that had nothing to do with their disease. Others had a rough start, but they persevered and now enjoy a full and productive life. Some are old guys like me, and others are relative youngsters who serve as great examples to other younger addicts. Our stories describe addicts and alcoholics of many different cultures, a range of socioeconomic status, different generations, gender types, and sexual preferences, if they're relevant to their story. I like to say that addiction and alcoholism are equal opportunity predators. They don't discriminate. And you will see how the stories we share about our friends will prove the truth of that statement. This is Episode 3, Season 10. Angelo, who believes in angels. Angelo has been a friend of mine for about 10 years now, ever since I ran into him at a meeting at the Central Office of Alcoholics Anonymous in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our central office is blandly named for an obvious reason. AA does not call attention to itself as a matter of principle. The sign above the door on Greenfield Avenue in West Allis, Wisconsin, simply says, Central Office. What's cool about it is that if one were spotted walking into an office with that bland sign on the door, an observer wouldn't think twice about it. But if an acquaintance of yours saw you walk into an office that had Alcoholics Anonymous on the door, perhaps you would not want your acquaintance to know you were more likely than not to be an alcoholic. Or why would you be walking into that office on 1215 at 1215 on a weekday? I would attend the 1215 weekday AA meetings at a time or two during the week to catch up on my meetings. It was a 20-minute drive from my office. And I could do 45 minutes of AA plus 40 minutes of driving and a fast lunch in less than two hours. I did have the privilege of rank in those days, so two-hour lunch was no big deal. Angela's story came out a small piece at a time, and I came to understand why. It was such a heartbreaking story, and here was Angelo sharing his secrets with me in my car as we drove through some of the most beautiful parks one could possibly find in the Midwest. Milwaukee, despite its Rust Belt reputation, has more park space per capita than any major city in North America, so the setting was peaceful and lent itself to an intimate conversation. It turned out that I sponsored his sponsor, NAA. We would not have learned that had it not been for the fact that we somehow bonded at the nooners, as we call them, at the central office. When I first met Angelo, whose accent was unmistakably Brooklynese, he was sharing in a meeting that he did not believe in a god or a higher power except for the group at the, at the table at that time and place. So hearing that intrigued me right away, and I sought him out after the meeting. It felt like we had an instant connection between two old-timers, as I had come to learn that he had more years under his belt than I did at the time. I think he had 28 years to my 20 or so at the time. When I met him, he was already in the advanced stages of a long-term sclerotic disease, MS, 
so one could not predict how he would be doing on any given day. He was living on a disability program, and his wife did have a responsible position, so they lived a perfectly okay middle-class uh, life in an apartment complex not far away from me. He was orphaned at the age of two or three when his unmarried mother gave him to one of her brothers who kept him for a few years and, quote, gave him to a state-run orphanage in Brooklyn for, uh, where, he, for, where he stayed for, he says, a few terrible years until he just ran away at about age 15 and they never did care to look for him. They feared, according to Angelo, that he would disclose the sexual abuse perpetrated by his so-called caregivers who really only cared about themselves. Angelo was a very smart kid. He became very street smart. He became a lookout for a crack dealer and, of course, tried some for himself and found that straight cocaine and alcohol were more to his liking. He would crash at his dealer's places in homeless shelters or be taken in by a sympathetic lady, or he would share a space under the bridge. Somehow, he reunited with one of his straight uncles, an adult who would not abuse him, so life was okay for a while. He could go to school even though he was years behind, but special ed helped. But he kept finding ways to use cocaine and alcohol, so he turned to thievery, petty, and otherwise. And he was still a functional illiterate. Upon the acquisition of a handgun, he started holding up dealers with another junkie friend of his, believe it or not, the dealer went to the police, but nothing could be proven, so Angelo was free, at least for now. Angelo's free room and board with his uncle ended after his uncle discovered that he was stealing handguns, ammunition, and cash from a safe that his uncle thought was unbreakable. Angelo took a bus to Chicago, where he ended up at a Salvation Army Center, broke, desperate, not knowing exactly what was wrong. The captain in charge had seen so many of his type that he took Angelo to an alcoholic's Anonymous meeting that very night, and as Angelo himself has said, that's where I met my angel, a beautiful, sober Salvation Army lady, Captain Sally Ross, who looked me straight in the eye and told me I was in the right place. They took care of me, even though I told them I couldn't believe in a God or a Jesus that would abandon a kid to uncaring and twisted people. They tolerated me out of love anyway. That's where I find my higher power, the love of ordinary people just like them. Angelo was a pretty good schmoozer. He connected to a friend who worked for a very good hotel in town. And Angelo managed to work himself into a job as a concierge, a job that paid well enough to afford a decent apartment and, furnishing and furnishings and so on. Dinners at the Drake Hotel were on the house. What more could a guy want? The AA community in Chicago was very large and active, and soon enough Angelo became a featured speaker at their open meetings. He would open with... Hi, I'm Angelo, and I'm an alcoholic and drug addict, and if you think you've had it rough, listen to this. I want to tell you that if I could do it, anybody can do it. And here's some heresy. I do not believe in a God or higher power other than what I find in my group on any given day. I think Angelo came to Milwaukee because one of his uncles invited him to live with him now that Angelo had changed his ways, and apparently there was a renowned MS specialist who would treat him. Angelo had MS, which needed transfusions every few months, lots of meds, and it affected his ability to walk or drive, even to eat some days. 
His wife was a great help, but my heart went out to her too and that his condition limited their freedom as a couple. But he and I bonded like brothers and he even became, became part of my unpaid marketing team. <laughs> Sobriety knows no limits, nor does alcoholism or drug addiction. Angelo saw the very worst of it and still prevailed, even though his concept of a higher power was unconventional. And it all started with Captain Sally Ross, his angel in a uniform. So what did we learn from Angelo's story today? We learned that, one, it is possible to recover from addiction to drugs and alcohol regardless of one's life circumstances. We call the disease an equal opportunity predator, and we call the 12-step program an equal opportunity savior. Two, Angela's story usually stops people in their tracks. Here's basically an illiterate guy who ends up with a good job and helps others stay sober. Now that's a higher power at work. Three, Angelo's belief in his form of higher power is completely consistent with the idea of a God of our understanding. Four, Angelo got it right at the start, and you'll notice he never did have a relapse despite the many challenges he continues to face every day. And number five, his story, his charm, and his honesty continue to teach and uplift all who are privileged to come to know him. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.